Hello and welcome to the Editing Podcast. We've put together a series of bonus episodes called Point of View in which we chat to experts from the editing and publishing world. This interview is with Laura Poole. Laura is a professional copy editor who specialises in working with university presses on scholarly non-fiction, mainly in the humanities. In this episode, we talk to Laura about the importance of fact-checking. Okay, so here we are live at the SFEP conference at Aston in Birmingham and with us on the editing podcast today is Laura Poole, who has come over for conference from Durham, North Carolina. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much. I'm (laughs) delighted to be here. It's lovely to have you. Laura, tell everybody what you do and um, what some of your specialisms are. I am a freelance copy editor uh, of scholarly nonfiction, generally in the humanities. So I work almost exclusively for university presses, providing copy editing uh, for books and scholarly journals. And I've been full-time freelance for 22 years. Excellent. And what sort of things do you cover in your copy editing? Well, the usual uh, style, clarity, flow, uh, course, grammar, spelling, usage and punctuation. Mm-hmm. But I am also charged with uh, spot checking facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't check every single fact. Usually the author is trusted to be an authority and it's been through some development or acquisition rounds. But I do spot check dates, place names. I check, end up checking a lot of movie details, like what year mm-hmm. it was released yeah. and the spelling of an actor's name, yeah. um, place names, de- monarch names, all those sorts of things. So I think a lot of our listeners might not realize that actually fact-checking is a service mm-hmm. that they can access. Is um, Can you tell us where in the, the writing and editing process that should be done? It can be done in a number of stages, mm-hmm. and I encourage authors are expected to have their facts right. Uh, so sometimes it's just minor details of things that I'm correcting. But especially if an author is doing a lot of research, for instance, they're writing uh, historical fiction, they're going to need to do research on that particular time and place to make sure things like accents are correct or articles of clothing or products that the uh, characters are using are specific and correct to that time. So yeah, that. That really comes into play with fiction in terms of idiom too. You know, when people are, uh, are I have a fiction author who, who used what I consider to be quite contemporary idiom, and it was definitely worth me checking. You know, terminology mm-hmm. like guys and kids would mm-hmm. a Victorian have said that. So that kind of stuff needs checking by editors too, doesn't it? It does. Uh, uh, someone else used a great ex- uh, example of in an episode of Mad Men, which takes place in the 60s. One of the characters said something like, "1968, I am so over you." which is definitely a modern and it's the kind of thing that some astute readers it will take them out of the story out of the moment and of course now we have the internet for them to say this author got it wrong and that's a really good point Laura because that it is that it's not about pedantry it is about keeping the reader in the story whether it's fiction or Mm non-fiction non-fiction tells the story too it's about keeping the reader so that they are focused on where um, they should be which is on the characters or the the narrator or, or the action not on whether the author has used something that was correct. And for scholarly nonfiction, these are um, academics and people who are supposed to be the authorities in their fields. Mm -hmm. So sometimes factual errors, hopefully only just small ones that can be easily corrected, Mm -hmm. um, will help them seem more like an expert. I was just thinking um, what an author can expect in terms of um, spot checking, because you mentioned Mm -hmm. that you spot check, which is not the same as a full fact check pass, is it? It's not. No. So wh- what would you, how much would you check and how much detail would you go into in a spot check? Mm-hmm. 
I, I definitely check names that I don't recognize. Yeah. Uh, frequently place names. Yes. Um, I've had authors misspell their own names <laughs> <laughs> on occasion. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, obscure people uh, mm -hmm. that can't find uh, sometimes l how a, a word might be translated correctly. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of thing I spot check. I know some of my fiction friends also check uh, when a w phrase arose and when it was first in use, which you can yeah. check with something like Google Ngram yeah. or check the etymology of it. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I learned fascinating things that way. So yeah. get down a rabbit hole of fact checking. Oh, no, I have to edit. <laughs> need to, need yeah. to come back. Um, so it's, it's, sometimes I'll just check dates of when things mm -hmm. happened. It can be very key. That certainly changed with the sort of thing I would expect to do. Pretty much the normal part of the copy editing process is mm -hmm. that if anything looks a bit unusual I would want to double check it particularly like you say names that I'm not familiar with or mm -hmm. dates or um, cities that I don't recognize mm -hmm. that sort of thing um, just as, as a normal part of the process but authors could ask for a full fact check of something mm -hmm. if they felt that that was something that needed attention yes a separate pass yeah. for fact yeah. checking yeah. I've had to unfortunately check facts in proofreading stage and correct them right. but that was yeah. uh, that was a specific case. They were speaking about a long-running comic series and just got one of the names of the characters wrong. And I'm like, I have read that over and over and over. I own the books. I can actually photograph you. Or I can show you this. It wasn't Clarice. It was Ginger. So like, oh, oh, you're right. Thank you. I'm like, I'm maybe the only proofreader would have caught That's that. That's a really interesting point, actually, when you're dealing with series uh, um, of, of novels, particularly as well, mm -hmm. when that fact-checking becomes really important because um, in terms of consistency, if you've got readers who are, are, are loyal, but the editors, um, uh, a, a series, a different series of editors are being used, right. things can go, um, if the editor's not on, board, um, on the ball, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. that checking works. And one mm. recent one that I was pretty proud I, I caught was they were speaking of an artist and said, you know, MacArthur Genius Winner, which is just a shorthand version for the MacArthur Fellowship. And I went, mm -hmm. oh, did she win it? No, no, she didn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, She's yeah, never yeah. been listed as a recipient, so I had to strike that. Um, yeah. and, and that comes into this idea, of, again, that's really important when you're dealing with print stuff, because that, if that kind of content's going online, or um, even if it's an online journal article, it can be fixed and changed, and maybe nobody, nobody will ever know. But right. if it's printed stuff that's coming out of university press, that error is there forever to, yeah. and, and reputational is. damage potentially yeah. is huge so Absolutely. it's a really important mm -hmm. step. Mm -hmm. Laura what kind of tools do you use for fact checking apart from your huge brain? <laughs> well I would say huge brain but everything looks wrong to me once I started editing so I used to know how to spell then I became an editor and everything looks wrong so similar with facts. Uh, Google for most of it mm -hmm. I can just plug in a phrase uh, or a name. Um, Wikipedia is good for looking up place names or people names, which sometimes I do verify elsewhere. Yeah. But that's where I look up, Do does this place name or person name have diacritic marks that yeah. yes. use? Yes. Like Galapagos has yeah. an acute accent in it. It's a good first source, don't. isn't it, Wikipedia, mm -hmm. for that? Like you say, you can back it up. But it is. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also use IMDB, the Internet Movie Database, mm -hmm. uh, for anything related to Hollywood or movies yeah. or TV shows, because you know, Nicolas Cage does not have an H in his name, and most people wouldn't think that because right. Nicolas has an H in it, but his doesn't. Yeah. Um, or that movie was released in 1965, not 1964, or it did win uh, an Oscar for Best Cinematography, but you have the wrong cinematographer name. Yeah. So all of these things I check on IMDb. One that I catch a lot, uh, I work on um, educational books, um, is Spider-Man. 
Spider-Man is hyphenated with a capital A. Yeah. It is. And, and yeah. a lot of people get mm. that wrong. Yep. And it's always so satisfying. Yeah. Just <laughs> <a little laughs> correction. Yeah, so th these are the kind of things we yeah, check. Because when you're, when you're aiming your content at these are teenagers, you know, it's educational books, that's going to really reduce its credibility. Yeah. It's going to annoy yeah. them and yeah. they don't know what they're talking about. We so must make sure yeah. to put links to the tools that... Um, I yeah. mean, I know most people will be able to find Google sure. and Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> the Internet Movie Database, some people might not have heard of. So we'll, and we'll there's another very interesting one, and somebody's actually speaking about it today here at conference, which is the Historical Thesaurus of English, mm -hmm. which is based out of the University of Glasgow. Oh. And that um, has a lot about etymology and usage mm -hmm. and when words first came into common parlance. Google Ingram is also good yes, for that. Uh, and that, But that doesn't come up. So it stopped at 2008, I think, doesn't it? I think it? so. Yeah, so. It, it is useful for, mm. was this really used in the 1840s yeah. or did it not really grow until yeah. the 1870s? Yeah, exactly. yeah. And I also, for anything related to countries and governments or politics, mm -hmm. I like to use the U.S. has a CIA World Factbook, yes. mm -hmm. which is tremendous for like, okay, it's we say West Germany, but was that really the Federal Republic government of Germany, Federal Republic of Germany yeah. or the Democratic Republic? Uh, Republic of Germany were the political entities. Mm -hmm. um, so for what we shorthand call North and South yeah, Korea, yeah. same as North and South Vietnam, they had different governmental entity names. Sometimes yeah. that's really important to look up. Yeah. There's and another thing I thought of for fiction um, and is that um, one thing a lot of my authors come unstuck with time and time again is firearms. The number mm. of times silencers or suppressors end up on guns that don't take them. Yes. And of course, <laughs> there's a British e editor who um, lives in a country where um, ownership of guns is, is, is far lower. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's something I absolutely need to check. And mm -hmm. I found one of those just the other day, and the author was thrilled. Oh. And it's just, but it is so satisfying fact checking, mm -hmm. isn't it? When, um, it is. Uh, yeah. uh, in terms of, for the, from an editorial point of view, but, mm -hmm. but also such a great thing to, for the author to know yeah. that their, their books and say Someone's hands. looking out for them. Yeah. And yeah. one of my favorite things to fact check is food and wine names. Oh, right. Uh, because there's so many mm -hmm. that, you know, I was just explaining to some people from here, they're like, what's rocket? I'm like, it's arugula. Oh, <laughs> oh no, it's not, it's yeah. not home yeah. rocket uh, yeah. in the United oh, yeah. States. So oh, I happen yeah. to know yeah. it's arugula. It's and, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah. my favorite uh, special resource dictionary, which is now I think only online, was the Baron's Food Lovers Companion. Oh, right. And so all cheeses seem to be capitalized because they're all named after places <laughs> and a lot of wines yeah. as well. But it was really lovely to look up mm -hmm. what this dish was. Did it have this ingredient? in it. I love that kind of fact. Yeah, and like you say, capitalization of these things is important mm -hmm. you know, to get that right mm -hmm. um, because there will be people who know about these things that are reading mm -hmm. them and you don't want to irritate your readership. No. You? Or worse, yeah. your reviewers, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, professional yeah. reviewers. Yeah. It, it yeah. stands out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose that leads on to a conversation about the whose responsibility it is because it's, it's a big job. It's not a job that the author can do necessarily all themselves because it's they may be focused on story or information um, mm -hmm. exchange. To what degree do you think, Laura, that it is the copy editor's responsibility to catch this stuff and how much of it? Because it's it's a big ask. It is. In a in a, when 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 you're being hired as a copy editor, mm -hmm. 
not as a, a specific fact checker. Mm-hmm. What, do you have a sort of like, I don't know, a kind of range with it or, or, or a set of boundaries that you tend to think of when you're mm-hmm. when you're doing this? I, I do. I, I, like I said, I spot check anything that looks odd. I've gotten a little more consistent because it's so fast. I could just zip over to, I don't have to go to an encyclopedia now, which is, yeah. it saves me a lot of time. Yeah. Um, I'll start to know whether the author really has their stuff right fairly quickly and so I'm like do I need to keep heavy fact checking or can I trust them on some of this stuff Um, so every person who provides a task has some responsibility at the end of the day the author's name is the one on the book so they're the one who are accountable which is a little different from responsible and that is who's going to answer sometimes the publisher if they haven't verified the facts so there was a case earlier this year um, in about May, uh, the author Naomi Wolf, who does uh, research, was uh, pr- promoting a book in the UK uh, on the BBC radio or TV, I'm not sure. Uh, but the host said, I, I think you've got something basically wrong in this book. She was talking about cases of people who were jailed and even executed for crimes against nature or sodomy laws at the time. And she had interpreted the line, death recorded, meaning that they were executed, not realizing that death recorded was a separate category, meaning I don't want to execute you, so I'm going to record your death and you're released. And the host Mm -hmm. was able to say, this, I don't think this means what you think it means. And I could show you here, this particular person you're speaking of in this book was released. Here's his release date. And then he didn't die until Mm -hmm. like 20 years later. Um, and so sometimes it was hyped as the whole premise of her book is wrong, but later she said only two pages needed to be changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she did have to make a lot of changes before, make some changes at least before the U.S. edition came out. Yeah. And apparently right. they had to recall already printed. Also, she wouldn't have not have enjoyed that that opportunity to promote her book and being called out. You know, right, that's not how yeah. she wanted to spend right. her time. Yeah, the control was taken away from her. Yes. It became somebody else's space. But, to but at yeah. that point, it was an assumption made by yeah. the author that mm-hmm. nobody else would have thought to check. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So to unfortunately, be fact checked live on air during a promotional yeah. tour is, know, is not really ideal. Yeah. It is unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's also um, when you're when you're editing is. Um, especially with academic work, um, you don't want to be seen as calling out an, an author on their specialist area. You no, know, if you're no. fact asking them to confirm things that mm-hmm. you think might sound a bit suspect. So mm-hmm. it's a very fine line for editors between um, uh, effective and um, sensitive querying mm-hmm. and yeah. just saying, <laughs> you've got this wrong. So mm-hmm. and that's one, one for our editor and, colleagues to think about. And for fiction, yeah. that kind of come, thing comes into play, but kind of on the other side of the coin, because actually when it comes to made-up stories, mm-hmm. it might be that the author wants to employ a little artistic license. Yeah. So maybe there's a deliberate choice to have that flag design incorrect because it's... Um, Maybe it's central to a, 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 a what-if plot or, or something yeah, like that. And yeah. so, again, that comes up with, rather yeah. than calling them out, actually mm-hmm. having a conversation, was that deliberate? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. And sometimes it, sometimes it is. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've read prefaces in books like, forgive me for stretching what didn't happen in the yeah. 1840s. I know it didn't happen until the 1860s, but I actually brought it back a little bit. And yeah. forgive yeah. me for that. And, like, and oh, that's fine, because then it's up front and people yeah. know that. And but that is, a, actually, for our listeners, that's a good call, um, Laura, to maybe if you've got information like that where you're going to sort of be a little bit flexible with the reality mm-hmm. to maybe use the preface um, or a forward or ask someone else to create a forward in which that those points are addressed so mm-hmm. that you're not having that distraction in the story itself. So Absolutely. Thanks for mentioning yeah. that. Certainly. Yeah.
great. Well, Laura, thank you very much for taking some time to talk to us. My pleasure. It's always a pleasure it to spend some time with you. It is always a pleasure you. to hang out with you. Oh, and uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank and, you. Um, we'll probably ask you to come on and speak to us again. I'd love to. I think to. there's yes. a lot more to say yes. um, on this area. Yeah. Um, mm. So, yeah, come back. I'd love to. Thank you. Okay, thank, thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Editing Podcast. You can rate, review and subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whichever platform you use to listen. And if you have any questions, please do get in touch with us via the Editing Podcast Facebook page. We've put all the links we've mentioned in the show notes so you can grab everything there. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.